Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Now put aside everything you think you know about business practices today and stay right here for the next hour as you're sure to find some surprises and wisdom to help you play the business game right. Now, here is your host, Peter Feinstein. Hi, this is Peter Feinstein. Welcome to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. And this week's show is uh, is going to be jammed with, uh, with great information, great entertainment, and uh, really topical stuff. Uh, I've, got, uh, I've got an amazing uh, human being in the studio with me as my guest for this week's show, J. Stephen Levin. So J. Stephen Levin... And I have known each other for, gosh, it's been, uh, it's probably been 10 years, Jay, maybe, maybe longer. How the time flies. <laughs> it does indeed. And, um, and Jay and I have, uh, have forged this relationship in uh, just some truly, truly remarkable business experiences and that have taken us from being, um, you know, I don't want to say partners in business, but we've worked together, and uh, and uh, those things have been uh, really uh, just beautiful experiences, um, and uh, and gone even further to uh, taking up uh, where Jay is now in his life. But um, before we go into what Jay's doing now and how it applies to business rules. Uh, let me share with you a little bit about what I know of Jay so that you get a sense of the depth and the scope of the experience that he brings to business rules. So Jay lived as a monk in a secluded forest monastery, um, and that's on one end of the spectrum. On the other end of the spectrum, he's been a sales and operations uh, guru, marketing, advertising, um, broadcast network. I mean, it's it's something where he's he's literally he's he's taken the human experience from uh, I hate to say left to right, right to left, top to bottom. Uh, maybe it's more circular and uh, and just jammed so much into it. Um, he has uh, Jay has sat on both sides of the executive desk as a senior VP of sales, as a chief marketing officer, president and uh, chief operating officer of some truly powerful private enterprises, including global brands, um, AOL, that might ring a bell, Warner Books, Cox Communications, Fox TV, Clear Channel Radio, uh, one of my old stomping grounds, Oracle, HP, um, Hewlett Packard, the Carabas Restaurant Group, great Italian food that started in Houston, which many people don't know, um, as well as uh, as well as wine and uh, spirits distributors and commercial real estate leaders, and it's something where when you talk about jamming experience into a human life, Jay has over thirty years of groundbreaking winning sales victories, and profitable operational experience. Um, so he's not just a monk and a marketing guru. He's got, uh, he's got way more than that. What he's come to in the past, uh, in the past several years that I think has, uh, uh, you know, to watch his, his evolution um, has come as a culmination of all of his experience is an understanding of what's needed to win in business, so he applies rules and processes, and and he's going to share a lot of that with us, so that we get a sense of uh, of just how he how he digests human life and helps others ingest it and win from it. Um, today, Jay's clients rely on his ability to leverage data driven information with a scientific approach. And his whole design is really focused on increasing organizational, behavioral, motivational, skill, and emotional intelligence. And uh, all of these things kind of work together and come together to bring about better than expected outcomes. So you've got goals. 
Jay evaluates, Jay talks with you, Jay helps you draw out things that you may not have known about yourself and your organization and helps you exceed your expectations from the relationship. And I can tell you that um, I've got personal experience with this with Jay as our company went through a growth curve process with him and, uh, and we did a lot, of, uh, a lot of personality testing and a lot of... Um, not just personality testing, but uh, uh, but just um, well, Jay. I mean, you explain a little bit about some of the things that we did together, and uh, and then we can kind of uh, we can kind of continue the conversation from there. Thanks, Peter. What a great introduction! Fabulous. Thank you so much. What we did that was most memorable to me was around your creating conditions with your team people that allowed for a degree of openness that brought about a willingness to be transparent. And as we became more transparent and comfortable speaking about the business from the perspective of all your different team members rather than just yours, it became obvious that there were agendas, that there were challenges, there were issues that had not been voiced that were critical in that they were undiscovered, unrecognized, and restraining development. And one of them, which to me was super fast and probably the richest, was your acknowledging as a testimonial while we were in the group that you recognized due to the given work that we were doing that on the one hand, while you wanted people to step up and take greater accountability and responsibility for their positions and really lead, you weren't providing the opportunity because you were stepping up and they were stepping back. When you understood that dynamic, not only did that give people a sense of appreciation and comfort that they could actually step up, but immediately you started to see the kind of self-initiated actions that you had wanted to see that previously you hadn't seen, thus empowering, enabling, and engaging the people around you to be able to be leaders in their own individual role. That was the direct result of discovery, scratching, and sniffing, and the transparency that you helped to create and everybody jumped in with. Yeah, it was uh, it was huge, and you know what? I you you talk about it, and I go back to those sessions that we had together, and I get chills when you talk about it, and uh, and the things not only that we accomplished in those sessions, but what we have done since then. I mean, it's 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 been it's been meteoric, where I have at once found time to work on my business instead of working in the business. And in that letting go and stepping back and letting others step up, they have stepped up individually as a team, as a group, as a company, and exceeded every expectation that I've held, not just for myself, but for the company itself. I mean, I'm, I'm blown away by the systems and processes that my people have put in to solve the problems that they run into to accomplish our business. And, uh, and none of that, I think, would have happened uh, if, uh, if, we had not, uh, if we had not brought you on board and, and live, literally just through gentle, gentle process, um, prying things apart and, and kind of opening up, uh, opening up what was otherwise, for me, a pretty scary can of worms. Okay, so great. That's then that then becomes our first practical tip, okay? And we'll say who's counting, but I'm going to. <laughs> uh, when when you're looking to uncover and discover, it's important to find the right resource to help you do that. And we could say that in keeping with the topic that we haven't even mentioned yet, that's thinking out of the box. It's, it's investigating, looking at bringing somebody in. Find the right resource, understand what the right resource needs to do. And then secondly, and for me more importantly, is while you attributed it to finding the right resource, luckily in that situation it was me, 
I attribute it to you as the leader creating the conditions around which transparency was able to be brought about. Because if you, and where I'm talking to your listeners, as a leader, are responsible for driving an expanded discovery of a direction or a system or a process or an initiative, and you provide the opportunity, you provide the expertise, you provide the research, but if you don't create the mental and emotionally intelligent conditions to, that need to happen in order to allow that to happen then even the right resources are not going to break it. So it was really the combination for the first two tips is find the right resources that you want, don't be biased, and create a climate of openness and transparency so that when you do find who you're looking to find and bring in, your people are receptive, open, willing, feeling vulnerable, and not afraid of stepping forward, being visible, and making a mistake so that they can fail forward. Right? Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that that's that's exactly it. The willingness is, um, I think, the the key critical component. Um, and it's uh, you know it, it's funny. Uh, the theme of our show is uh, today for uh, you know for for you had had just mentioned it is um, what's wrong with thinking inside the box. And, uh, and I think that goes to it right then and there. It's something where having that willingness to examine within, because that's the only way to go and, and get beyond, to get outside of. And that was our experience. Absolutely, uh, absolutely for sure. Um, when, we, uh, when we take a look at, uh, at what you're doing, Jay, and the power that you're bringing with it, um, where was your inspiration to to follow this path where did where did this come from well the behavioral portion of it came from my years being a monk and working with executives and people in different countries different cultures being and and absorbing like a sponge how people go about doing what they do what the how are their behaviors? How do they solve problems? How do they influence others? How do they um, how do they pace themselves at work? How do they resist or adapt to change? How do they comply with rules or how do rules or do they resist them? And then I looked at and was able to see, in many cases it was easy because it was in foreign countries that I really didn't even understand the language until I did. So I could see behavior without being distracted by what people were saying. And then I poured on top of that a love for understanding what are the driving forces. So that's behavior, that's motivation, emotional intelligence I was working with before it had become a a handle or a book name or anything like that. And what I found, which again is now going to be, I'm going to suggest the fourth practical tip because you, Peter, enabled it. You were the example of it. That if you're looking for or if you're griping because you don't have what you're looking for, whether you're in a lower level, mid-level, senior level, or executive level, be the change you want to be. If Peter wasn't the change he wanted to see, If he didn't exhibit before and during the openness that he was asking others to do, it would have been as flat as a board and as non-fertile as pouring water on concrete. So we'll talk about how being the change you want to be fits into whether, what kind of thinker you are. Do you have the capacity for thinking not only inside the box and outside of the box, but which is the critical thinking needed, and can you appropriately adapt and make the change? You know what? That's uh, that is perfect as a jumping-off point for uh, as we come out of uh, as we come out of our first break. So um, we're going to uh, we're going to take a short break, just a couple of minutes. Uh, my suggestion is, like you and me, uh, we each get a cup of coffee and uh, come back to our radios in about two minutes, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that motivation that Jay was talking about when we come back. 
What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein and my guest today, Jay Stephen Levin. Jay, we were coming uh, out of uh, coming out of the break uh, talking about motivation. And um, so, you know, the question of motivation is a why. So why did you choose this topic? Thinking inside the box or better yet what's wrong with thinking inside the box yeah good question uh i just i just hear consistently all these comments around the thinking outside of the box and it has become such a cliche but that it kind of makes me a little sick because everybody talks about it but no one really understands or describes what it actually means and it got me thinking that there is a law, there is a, it appears to be an, an imbalance that people are overvaluing thinking out of the box and undervaluing thinking inside the box. So we all know that thinking outside the box is supposed to be very, very cool. And my question is, what's so wrong with thinking inside the box? And if your direction is always outside of the box, could you be missing value that you're not seeing that you could find if you're thinking inside the box? And what is the box that we're really talking about? So the irony is everybody values thinking inside, outside of the box. But if we put it into a pizza metaphor, nobody eats the cardboard, everybody eats the pizza. So where's the value inside the box? (laughs) <laughs> it's the pizza. It's got to be. Yeah. <laughs> how do you how do you see this topic showing up in your work? Well, I'm going to ask that. That's a great question because, and I'm going to ask it to your to your listeners and to your audience. Audience, dear audience, as you're listening, my recommendation is you listen on a couple of different levels. You listen, you listen rationally and you're taking down what you think makes sense. You may be taking down what you're hearing from me. What you may not be taking down is what you're hearing from you. And that's the emotional intelligence piece. So as Peter and I continue and deepen the richness of our dialogue here, I will challenge you to record not only things you like that you're hearing, but things that you feel in response to what you're hearing because what you feel in response to what you're hearing can give you guidance and the very fact that you're focusing not on something outside of yourself which is a conversation that you're listening to but that you're focusing on the reactions and feelings and thoughts that may come from reactions to what you're hearing, you're already practicing thinking inside the box. So how you listen, how you're taking notes, how you're paying attention is important. Given that, now let's look at examples. What kind of thinker are you? Imagine 
your work and your workplace environment? Do you lean into rules and regulations or do you lean away from them? Do you find value in organizational structure or do you rebel against organizational structure? How do you value the structure and order of the systems that you're in and around and look at your biases around that? If you put a positive on a system, you're going to be reliant and you're going to be able to navigate on it. If you put a, if you undervalue it, you're going to rebel against it. You're always going to be so focused on going outside of things that you may be perceived as someone who doesn't follow rules, doesn't have respect for the system. And we all know that the systems that we're in are not perfect. But if we're not perceived as respecting and leveraging those systems, we may be seen as not being as valuable as we could be. Wait, what? Our systems aren't perfect? Come on. <laughs> That's pretty wild, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> My entire business life has just been indicted, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Actually, no. Um, you know, I, I love the points you're bringing up, Jay. The, the, that element of introspection, and, and, and I see full circle exactly how you have come from, from the monk to the master and uh and it's it's actually a, a a great thing to witness and behold um for for i've got to believe that one or more listeners are out there thinking thinking to themselves okay i mean i'm writing this stuff down i'm evaluating how i'm thinking and what i'm thinking you know so what's what's the relevance of this i mean you know what is this what does this offer me in terms of success in my business Okay, let's talk about that. Here's some questions to ask. How could I work better within the existing system that I'm operating in? What might I not be seeing that I could be seeing? Do I respect the system that I'm operating in or do I resist it? Am I open to knowledge wherever it is or do I have a propensity from to rebel against whatever the traditional system is and then assess it and then ask your direct reports at whatever level you're at ask your go upstream and ask go cross stream and ask go downstream to your to your direct reports cross stream or your peers and ask them how do you see me integrating within the system what advice would you have for me with regard to leveraging it what might i be doing better how would you like me to leverage the the rules and the systems that we're in to your advantage what can what can i help you to understand better about the rules the organization the procedures the systems the processes so that you can excel at those too and then look at what the gap has to tell you about what you've, your self-assessment says and your upstream, cross-stream, and downstream assessment tells you, and then fill in the gaps. We work within systems. We may not like the order of things, but if we rebel against it, we're missing something. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I can definitely see that, and I've seen it in my organization, and I, and I witness it in others as well. Um, so, you know, we now have people taking notes and writing questions out that basically have one of two answers. You know, they're, they're, they seem to be, to a very great extent, either or, which I think can be incredibly powerful, um, just so that, so that everyone who's participating has a sense of the power associated with them. What do you see as, or how would you characterize the strengths and weaknesses that each of those answers or that that type of thinking represents? Perfect, perfect. Okay, so let's use, for simple terms, let's use, let's start with a sales organization, regardless of the industry, okay? Uh, if, how do you behave if you're overvaluing a system and relying on it, you may not take the risks needed to be able to get the deal done or excite people to see the vision that you've got. 
On the other side of the equation, if you rebel against systems and organization, you may be a great saleswoman, but you may be lacking critical navigation skills that will gain you advocates within the existing system because you don't value the system. And therefore, you may be losing either the initial deal or incremental revenue because you don't have key people that are advocating for you and influencing others in the organization in your direction. Fine, number one. Number two, depending upon where you are in that arc, find a mentor that can help you understand how to leverage a complex organization. Maybe it's not a sales organization. Maybe you're a part of quality control or quality assurance, and maybe you have to balance salespeople demanding it yesterday, marketing people always wanting to change it, quality control people taking too slow, executive management wanting it out uh, to be able to make quarterly results. How effective are you at being able to negotiate and balance all those influences If you undervalue what's inside the box, you're going to create excuses. You're going to step back away from accountability as opposed to stepping up and looking at the situation with regard to how it can be balanced and leveraged because you value bringing that together and you spend time and planning in the morning about how to do that to reconcile those and you become the hero to create the solution that aligns either various different partners or various different internal advocates in complex vendor or client relationships outside of your company. Is that a good example? Yeah. That's that's amazing. That's so powerful and and so clarifying because it brings it all into focus from a either or perspective. It lets you see what the what I guess the the pitfalls and the benefits are of whichever way you choose. So my guess is because I know I have people on my team who are um, hypercritical and um, and are always looking at things from ways that I would never imagine. And one of the questions that they'll come up to me with when I have um, when I have something that I want to bring out, a, uh, uh, some kind of a um, just an, a new product rollout or a new service, or you know some some other innovation that we're talking about. Um, and we've gone through this process of introspection and outside. Um, one of the things that I get from time to time is, hey, look, you know what? What we're doing is working for us. You know, why do I want to move from one way of, of looking at things and doing things to another way of doing things if what we're currently doing is working for us? And I'm going to give you the opportunity, Jay, to answer that question when we come back from this next break. Um, I want to let everybody know that we have Jay Stephen Levin here as our guest. And um, if you want to know more about Jay Stephen Levin, um, you can actually find him in a variety of places. So, you know, one of the places that you can go see him and hear about him and learn about him is on Twitter. And, uh, you know, his Twitter is really simple. It's at JS Levin. So maybe you do that while we're on break. And when we come back, Jay will answer the question that I just posed to him. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. 
If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest today, Jay Stephen Levin, guru, monk, master of process, and, uh, well, you know what, a whole lot of other things that we're learning one sentence at a time here, which is really cool. So when we when we went into break, I had asked Jay probably one of the most convoluted and complex questions of my entire life. I think if I had written it down, it would have been a run-on sentence that my grammarian would have spanked me for. Um, so kind of condensing it, um, Jay, if someone comes to me and says, look, what I'm doing is working just fine. Why do I want to introduce something new or a new way of thinking? What do you tell them? Good question. Okay, so here's a couple of things. First of all, what's the business case for introducing something new? Or is it just that you can't live without doing anything new? And when I speak to you, I'm speaking to to the audience. So if there's a business case to suspect that there may be a better way, there's a reason for doing it. If it's just because you are addicted and your dope happens to be chasing shiny objects and you can't stay in a straight line, then <clears throat> that's coming from a completely different perspective, number one. Number two, there's something that I call, and it scares me, a, the green light system syndrome, which is if you're driving down a straightaway and there's nobody around, and you make all the lights, you tend to think over time that you can make more and more green lights. Sooner or later, you're going to get overconfident and overvalue doing things the way you've always done it, and a situation's going to come up like a car jumping the light on the other side, and you're not going to be able to stop fast enough to avoid the collision. Let me make it specific. Let's apply this thinking in and thinking out of the box in terms of problem solving. I worked with a engineer, senior vice president, global organization in audits and certification of um, calibration. Big brand. He was known as being an excellent problem solver. And early on in the relationship, because I was being asked to coach him and bring about a greater sense of emotional intelligence, he didn't need from his immediate boss and the CEO of the company more drive, more initiative, more closing skills. What he needed was the how he went about doing what he did across his people. And I asked him, tell me about how you solve problems. And, every, and I asked him to show me a number of different situations. He always solved them in the same way. And I called him on it and I said, do you ever apply new ways, even though the problem solving skills that you're working on are as good as they can be according to you? He said, well, you know what? I've never needed anything other than what I'm known for as being successful. And I said, well, what's going to happen when you do, you may not even recognize it. Yeah. There was, and I said, am I barking up the wrong tree? And he said, yeah, I kind of think you are. And I said, <laughs> would, you, would you like to move on? And he said, yeah. And I said, timestamp this and just make a note that at this particular time, and I personally remember where I was seated and where I was in the country when I had this call with him. Three months later, he told me he was at risk of losing his job because the problem-solving 
skill <sighs> that he had. Yep. What didn't take into account new market conditions, changing budgets, deadlines, rules and regulations that he had not dealt with before. And I said to him, and it haunted me, De- describe to me how you felt about that. And he said, he gave me an example that I'll give to your listeners. And he said, Jay, it was like I'm a firefighter and it always worked until, and my approach was throwing water, huge amounts of water on a fire. This situation felt like I did the same exact thing except that it was an electrical fire. Yep. So here was somebody that, <sighs> o- that, that overvalued thinking inside the box and needed to think a little bit outside of the box, but like insurance or a dentist, he wasn't going to deal with it until he had to, when in reality, if he had spent some time in planning and solitude, strategically thinking about what upcoming changes there might be or how to predict might what might be needed internally across his team, he knew what was changing in the landscape around him. But he was he just was closed to it. That kind of closed mindedness, that kind of resistance, that kind of it over exaggerates conforming to a way that works and unyielding to it. Right. Yep. So we have to ask ourselves, which is our which way do we lean? I don't know if your listeners have been, but they certainly have seen pictures of the leaning tower of Pisa. Well, that's us in everything. We are lean, either leaning towards what we believe or against what we believe. We're either leaning towards thinking inside the box and making it harder to think outside, or we're so reliant on thinking outside of the box that we're missing what the resources, structure, and processes within our own organization can show us about how to change. And in the process, in undervaluing that, because we're leaning away from it, we may be branded as somebody who is a rebel, somebody who doesn't comply to rules and regulations. And even though we perform better, we get looked over for the next promotion. Happens all the time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that process of getting passed over is um, is painful, and I think sometimes uh, causes um, a reactionary uh, knee jerk reaction. Um, I think rarely does it make somebody in business think, "Hmm, maybe I should uh, maybe I should change." the way I'm doing things, or at least the way I'm thinking about doing things, which kind of leads me to my next question. Suppose there's somebody out there now, or maybe a lot of somebodies who have written some of this stuff down and light bulbs are going off through their head and they're thinking, man, this, this describes me to a T. How can I go from one way of thinking to another way of thinking if I want to, or God forbid, if I need to, I mean, what would, what do you tell them? Well, I would, I would challenge them to assess what their situation is and then get out of the way once they have that assessment and ask critical stakeholders around them, number one. And number two, it's to understand the strengths and weaknesses of each position. If you're thinking too much inside the box, then you're over-reliant on a system to do for you what you may not see as necessary to be done if you were to find a new way. So you may be seen more as somebody who grows and keeps what's in place as opposed to somebody who's innovative. And I would, if you're over-reliant on the other side, which we've talked about, you may be confrontational. You may find people who are not resistant. Understand where people are coming from with regards to which way they're thinking. Are they leaning into a system or organization, or are they leaning inside of the box, or are they leaning outside of the box? See how it expresses itself in others, and then ask others for feedback. Get outside of your own particular fear for getting critical information, and ask people, how do you see me? 
Do you see me as an inside-of-the-box thinker or do you see me as an outside-of-the-box thinker? And most importantly, how how would you like me to be in this particular issue? How What kind of thinking is required in this particular initiative? For this particular project, what's appropriate? There's a great book. I like it a lot. I, Peter probably knows about it. I was talking with somebody who was from, believe it or not, Morocco uh, the other day, and we, we both like this book, and I'm going to shout it out for you. It's called Six Thinking Hats. Mm. And the author is Edward de Bono. And it really did in its time, you don't hear much of it today, it really changed a lot about how business leaders think. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because it's not about what we think is better or not. It's, it's, it's not even about what others think. It's about are we doing, behaving, and acting according to what's needed. And if we have a proclivity for thinking inside the box or outside of the box, it may not be appropriate for the task at hand, the project at hand, or the initiative at hand. So I would say assess, evaluate, do a mini 360 around you, and then watch how others are displaying this, learn and see how it's being expressed, and then ask people to point out to you how they see you. And then look at a project and ask your people, what's the thinking here that's important? And find people who are balanced. Find inside-the-box thinkers, because God knows we need those, and find outside-of-the-box thinkers and put them together and facilitate collaborative listening that they can benefit from perspectives so a really great solution emerges. What's appropriate is more important to ask than what do we want. That's huge. That is absolutely huge. I think that um, we're gonna we're gonna take that and we're gonna run with that even deeper and further. And we're gonna talk about leveraging behavior, behavioral and emotional intelligence as you've been talking about it. When we come back from our next break. Um, and uh, just so that you're aware, um, you're listening to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. My guest today is J. Stephen Levin, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with more on thinking inside the box and maybe outside the box, too. What if you could save 55% or more on your TV advertising? We're Higher Power Marketing, and we can probably save you at least 55% on your TV ad buys. Don't believe me? That's okay. Just go to hpowermarketing.com and see and hear real success stories from real clients. Then ask us to show you how we can save you money, too. Go to hpowermarketing.com. That's hpowermarketing.com. Exceptional media for less. That's hpowermarketing.com. If you think half of your company's advertising is working, but you're not sure which half, we can help. We're Higher Power Marketing, and we help our clients identify which advertising works and which is wasting their money. And then we fix what's broken so they can get more bang from their advertising buck. If you're not sure which half of your advertising is working, call Higher Power Marketing for help at 800-300-9124. That's 800-300-9124. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Reach out to us with questions and comments at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or connect with Peter via email. The address is businessrules at hpowermarketing.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. I'm host Peter Feinstein. And uh, my guest, Jay Stephen Levin, who is a process guru and has been talking about behavioral and emotional intelligence for success and the process of uh, introspection and exospection, if that's a word. Maybe it is. I just made it up. Let's uh, let's coin it. Um, so, Jay, we were we were uh, coming into the break. We were talking about leveraging 
behavioral and emotional intelligence for success. Let's let's talk about that. Give me some examples or give me some ideas or, or what are even the behaviors needed to develop those skills? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's so perfect that we're here talking about how we respond. Do we lean into or away from rules, regulations, processes, systems, patterns, when the title of the show is Business Rules? So... The point of the last segment was to question if we're what's ruling your decisions? Who's mm. what's what's ruling the way you do business and is it appropriate? And when we talk about business rules, what are the rules that and, and do an assessment, ask your team, what are the rules that are working? What are the rules that are not working? And when you're working across team, it's critical to be able to ask, what, what should we be working better with you at and towards? Because we know that if we're working in complex cross teams, the fastest breakdowns come from the convictions of teams thinking that other teams don't understand their imperatives. So, for imagine you have a, a quality control people. These people, by their very nature, lean into a system. Let's say you have salespeople. They may, by their very nature, lean away from a system. So, how do you manage those particular ones? And in this context, it's, it's listening to what's being said around you. And does it evidence in the key people on your team, your peers, and, and your the people you report up to and report up to you, what are they expressing? Do they express, is it language like, I'm afraid that won't work, or my fear is that? Mm-hmm. And if they're expressing concern about making a mistake go deeper into what the concern is. These are very important, critical perspectives to have on a team. Because if someone is always afraid of making a mistake, and in in the classical DISC behavioral model would be a corresponding behavior that relates to a high C, that person is the person I would want to go to before the final lockdown of a launch is and even go to them, he or she, iteratively along the way to say, what mistakes are you concerned about are making here? Who better than them are going to tell you? Right? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. If, if a person has a, how to watch, how do people respond to problems and challenges? Do they step up and into them? And say, bring them on because they are not afraid of conflict or do they create conflict because they thrive in it? Or do they step back and away from conflict because they can't handle it and they are uncomfortable in it? And understanding the way people influence others, are they optimistic or are they more pessimistic? Are they more social or are they more verbal? Are they more analytical or are they more people-based? Your people are your best assets, but so few people understand their people. My kids play video games. They have, whether it's FIFA, soccer, or Overwatch, they have more data and statistics on the characters of their team and the enemies that they're facing in front of them that leaders have in mid, senior, and executive management about the people around them. How well do you know how your people are thinking and why and how to be able to leverage them? That if you're not You're thinking not enough inside the box. You're not understanding what's inside them already because you may be preconditioned to say, if only they weren't a that. Yeah. So appreciating the richness that's there, understanding how people think and present and how they respond to problems and challenges and and the pace of their environment and being emotionally intelligent and aware of 
the most critical asset values that you have. And as the we anybody who moves up into more power understands that the more power you have, the more power you 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 control. The more control you have, the more power you have. But sooner or later, as a leader, you realize that the more powerful you are, the more dependent on others you are around you. So understand. That's, yeah, that, that's 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 exactly true, and that's been that has been that has been my experience to a T. We are um, we are down to our our last minute. Uh, Jay, what I would ask for you is if you have something poignant that is just so powerful that you can't leave the show without sharing it, because that's what I want um, as we as we approach our exit. So give it to me in 45 seconds or less, if you can. Okay, I'll give you two things. Number one, we see who we are, not what is. Mm, Num- yep. Number two is... <clears throat> Be the change you want to be. I'll even add another one. The third one is leverage the assets around them. And if you don't know how, you don't know them. Yeah, that's that's huge. You know, the the one that sticks out to me is um, to some, I guess, to synopsize it. We see things as we are, not as they are. And and that's something that I, I think so few people ever get in touch with. But I can tell you that uh, our conversation today here has been amazing and enlightening. And I'm hopeful that it's been um, as entertaining as it's been informing. Um, My guest today is Jay Stephen Levin. He has been just an amazing personality, a wonderful guest, a great human being. You can find him at Jay Stephen Levin in LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, actually, Twitter is JS Levin. Um, and I'm Peter Feinstein with Business Rules with Peter Feinstein. Have yourself a great week, and we will meet again at this time next week. Take care. Thank you for tuning into Business Rules. Be sure to join Peter Feinstein for another enlightening program next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a winning week.